provided for us. Thanking thee for the brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, for those that have uh, come even into our midst, uh, yet uh, remaining faithful and with a desire in their hearts to seek uh, after thy righteousness. So thy promise remains even this morning hour of grace unto those uh, that seek thee. Thou wilt draw them unto thyself. And surely it is our desire, O Lord, that we might be drawn nearer and nearer unto thee. Therefore again this morning, O Lord, we ask of thee to draw nigh unto us by thy word and by thy spirit. Again revealing unto us thy truth, that truth that has set us free from the power of sin, death, hell, and the devil. That uh, word that is able to preserve us and keep us in this living, in this saving faith. Therefore we ask, O Lord, again this morning that thou would bless thy word. And bless thy servant that is to bring thy word. Empower him by thy spirit that he might uh, be anointed by thee. For it is only thee, O Lord, that give us, can give us enlightenment and power to bring forth thy word. Therefore open our ears also that are the hearers of thy word this day. That not only would we be hearers of thy word, but doers also. For it is the doers of thy word that are blessed. And surely thy desire is uh, to bring blessings upon thy kingdom. Therefore, even as we begin these uh, services here this week in our annual convention, our prayer is, O Lord, for thy presence, that thou would be the unseen guest there to bring the anointing that we all are in need of, and that thy word might be rightly divided, and that thy word might be given increased to draw us uh, unto thee, O Lord, that we might rejoice in the inner man for the goodness and the mercy which thou hast extended unto us. Therefore, again, uh, this morning we commend even this service unto thy care and thy keeping, for thou art the one that has promised to be with us. And therefore we trust again this morning, and not only this morning, but each and every day, as we journey towards that goal that thou hast set before us, we thank thee for that promise, O Lord, that thou wilt never leave us nor forsake us. Therefore may thy blessings be upon each and every one of thy children, those that are here gathered, those that are not able to be with us, wherever they might be in this land or distant lands, we have reason to thank thee, O Lord, that thy word and thy gospel continues to go forth as thou gives increase unto it and sends forth thy messengers into those lands even that have not been open unto thy word but now are open for the receiving and the hearing of thy gospel. Therefore, again this morning, O Lord, we ask thy blessing upon our fellowship together around thy word. And hear us now, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Forever and ever. Amen.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit abide with us this morning, hour of grace, and forever. Amen. We have a beautiful morning before us in which we can worship with the warmth of the sun to greet us. We can give thanks unto our Heavenly Father for the natural beauty that he brings and that he gives such a, an uplifting natural time and occurrence when we can even give thanks for his goodness and be warmed in our physical bodies. But how much more the Son of Righteousness also is with us by faith this morning, shining into the inner recesses of our hearts, which no natural sun can ever touch, nor can any natural sun ever warm the cold places that are sometimes found there. But yet the sun of righteousness that shines through this word of God is that kind of a sun that it can touch, it can heal, it can reveal, it can thaw, and it can do all of the things that our mind cannot comprehend where when we have fears, doubts, tremblings, bitterness, whatever may be in our hearts, this Son of Righteousness, this Word of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, is sufficient even to bring to us what is necessary for each of us individually, and that in our individual hearts, He desires to speak to us, to encourage us, and always to make known His presence. May therefore this morning we be warmed by that sun even more so than by the natural sun, but by the sun of righteousness that shines ever so faithfully. I would like to begin by bringing greetings to you from the congregation at Sylvan Lake, Alberta, where we have made our home or in that area for seven years, nearly so now. And uh, many of them will be, a few will be coming this way, many more won't be, and so they ask that we bring greetings in this direction. Should we read then for a meditation this morning from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of St. John? We'll read the first 26 verses of that fourth chapter. I believe in your pew Bible it is found on page... 1100. The fourth chapter of John, then we read as follows in Jesus' name. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, <clears throat> How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews 
have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. The woman saith to him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidst thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Amen. This is a lengthy and somewhat familiar portion and a curious place in the scriptures where Jesus is journeying. And even though he was accompanied by his many disciples and by the throngs of people that, that journeyed along with him and were in attendance wherever he spoke, here we find a time where it is he and this woman of Samaria alone at Jacob's well, which is near the city or the town of Sychar. And this happening is a curious one in that the disciples had gone to buy meat from the city and they were not there. We could wonder why it would be that Jesus would have need of anyone to go and buy meat that certainly as well known as he was and, and as he journeyed from place to place that there would be no need for him to send anyone to buy meat, that it would be provided for them. But yet we see that he was human enough even in that regard that he was weary from his journey. It was sometime in the forenoon when this happening took place before the noon hour of the day when he found himself at this well there and he arrived first and then there was the uh, woman who came from Sychar or a woman of Samaria that came to draw water as, well, as they would have had to do from that well perhaps many times a day but certainly at least once a day they would have come to 
endure that task of drawing water from the well. That well in the Holy Land has been discovered, I'm told, and uh, it was something like 105 feet deep, although I guess the level of the water wouldn't be necessarily known from that, but certainly it was a long draw to let the bucket down and then to draw water up from that deep well. However, it was good water once it was arrived at the surface. And this woman that was of Samaria was certainly not a, a heathen woman in this sense that she had no knowledge whatsoever of the word of God or of the prophecy concerning what was going to happen. We notice that in the nearly last verse of our text, she even says that when Messiah cometh, that we know that when Messiah cometh, that he will tell us all things. She had heard of the writings of the prophets concerning the coming of the Messiah, and she was in that place where she was waiting for that Messiah to come. Although, as our text illuminates, she certainly was not waiting in such a place where she should have been, but rather she only had a knowledge of this, that Messiah was coming. And she had another knowledge that was perhaps detrimental to her, and that was that she claimed her, her father, her spiritual father or her ancestral father, as Jacob. And it was around that well that they gathered. This was on the piece of ground, as the text tells us, that it was near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And so this woman certainly had embedded in her mind and through her life, she had this idea that Jacob was the one that was nearly to be worshipped here because he was the one who had given that land and also he is the one who had provided the well that gave, him, they gave them the water that they needed for their natural life. And she clung on to that understanding to the point where she would even criticize Jesus and ask him if perhaps he thought he was greater than Father Jacob who gave that well. As we look here, we notice that the, the woman comes to that place and she was going to draw water when she would have come there in the, the area of Samaria, they were also very much involved in idol worship. The uh, history, that at least that I have read, suggests that there were many pieces of ivory that were found here and there in Samaria and in this vicinity that were carved in the shape of various gods that were worshipped by the Egyptians. And certainly the influence of the Egyptian idol worship had migrated its way over to that place. And we know that they were, as the Samaritans, involved in that kind of idol worship to some extent. But here she comes to the well and she prepares to draw water and Jesus asks her the question, Give me to drink. And the woman of Samaria replies to him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And certainly it would appear from this and from other portions that we have 
that the Jews despised the Samaritans. They had no use for them whatsoever. They looked down upon them. They certainly didn't deal with them. And they wouldn't lower themselves to deal with the Samaritans, let alone to ask of, of the Samaritans for anything. And this is the first piece of curiosity, even in this text that we have, that Jesus would ask of a Samaritan woman something that would be provided for him, this drink of water. Here as the woman was now perplexed by this and wondering how could it be that this Jew, and apparently Jesus was identifiable by his dress or by his appearance, and it was evident that he was a Jew, and here she said that for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. This woman could not even begin to comprehend why this man would ask drink of her. And then certainly what he said next was even more confusing to her when Jesus answered and said, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Here he begins to describe to her the matters of faith, that if she knew this gift of God, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, that great and the greatest gift, if she had known of that gift, if she had believed by faith, and also if she had known who it was that sat before her, then she would have asked of him for living water, and he would have given thee living water. We notice here that Jesus, as he speaks to the woman, he begins to introduce to her the notion that she must do something in order to receive living water. And she does not even know what that living water is or in any way how it could be of any benefit to her. But yet Jesus describes living water that he would provide for her if she were to ask of him. And I believe that even in today's world, as we look upon those who do not understand this matter of living water, this matter that the children of God understand so well, and that is that this living water causes me to never thirst again. This living water is sufficient so that my thirsting, the thirst that I have in order to be reconciled to my Father who is in heaven, that I might be at peace with him, that that thirst is quenched by this living water, this word of God. And yet it cannot be provided unto those who do not ask. Jesus tells us, ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And I believe that we notice that there is that necessity also, that the seeking and searching heart comes to this place where they ask for water that they can draw from no well. They ask for water that will sustain them forever and that they will never thirst again. It seems as though today as we go through our lives, there are many different things that confront us and many things that trouble us in the heart and in the spirit. God's people are certainly distressed by this, that there is so much a lack of need for the Word of God that is apparent in the world today.
Men go about their lives, and there seems to be nothing that they lack. They have provided for themselves well. There are areas of the world that have enjoyed great natural prosperity, and that prosperity has made it such that they have forgotten even to ask for daily bread and for those simple things. And there seems to be such so little need that anyone would have for anything else. As we, as God's children, then look upon those who are not of this faith, <clears throat> those who are not of this church of Christ Jesus our Lord, how is it that we look upon them? Do we look upon them and despise them as the Jews who credited themselves with being godly looked down upon the Samaritan people? Certainly would have been known to the Jews as to what kind of idols the Samaritans were worshipping and what kind of things they were doing. They looked down upon them. And I pray that we may never find ourselves in that kind of a place where we look down upon those who walk in blindness, but rather we might look upon them with love and compassion and also praying that God would create in them the need that is spoken of here so that they might be able to recognize that I lack something. I lack something in my life. I lack something for eternity. And therefore, I need to begin to inquire as to how I can find that sustenance that will sustain me for the remainder of this life and on into the life that is to come. May it be that even when we go to these services this week, that there may be those who come who perhaps have not tasted of God's grace and goodness, but come out of curiosity wondering what it is that would bring a large group of people together to gather in what is sometimes inconvenience to this.